Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Hey, everybody. My guest today on In a Mississippi Minute. I met last year while competing at the BMW Pro-Am in the other Greenville, South Carolina. He was whipping up the on... He was. He was whipping up on just about everyone, including me. I have to admit it. So bad that I took my Titleist and just went home. He is so admired for his many starring roles on TV and film, so many, and applauded, <laughs> and as he laughs, he's applauded for playing David Wallace. Yeah, you know you know him as the big dog on Dunder Mifflin Paper Company, uh, you know, you know, at the, at the workforce. He was the CEO, and then the well, CFO, then go. the CEO, everybody, super guy, incredible actor. Welcome, Andy Buckley. Hello, Andy. Well, thank you, sir. Mr. Steve Azar, thanks for having me. Well, I, I, I Friday. It's Friday, and uh, I merely have to say that I don't have to be me till Monday. You, you, you are but able I'm to say that late in the day, Friday. Well, I love that. I love that. And and us people, us in Mississippi, we uh, every corner and every nook, uh, we do celebrate uh, our weekends. Sometimes uh, a little bit greater than most. So uh, hopefully everybody will be safe this weekend. All right, I'm hearing rain right now in California. Yeah. The last couple of days, yesterday, today, it's rain. Today, this is like a big heavy rain for uh, for Los Angeles. We don't know how to drive in the rain. No. I say I'm originally from Boston, so I can, but I've probably lost my driving skills, and I'm just as bad as uh, other L.A. drivers. Well, you but don't... there you go. Within the first two minutes, we're talking about L.A. traffic. Well, that's... My, my Mississippi folks love it because we don't have it. So, uh, especially where I live, <laughs> there's, there's a tractor, and there's a... You know, every once in a while or there's something. And then when we do have traffic, I get all worked up. Like, if I have to wait, if it takes me more than eight minutes to get to my house, I'm like, I'm starting to panic. It's a tough one. And living in Nashville for 20 years, our kids went so far away from our, our house, which was built sort of in a, a treehouse in the woods. Uh, we were so far away from the school that it just it was one of those things where if you went down there, then you had to stay down there for like and wait on them you know until like a couple hours and my wife would go to target or i mean i'd see target bills left and right i'd be on the road and she'd be stuck down there because it was you know it was 45 minutes to an hour one way and then back just because of traffic and now nashville uh i got out just in time i hear is like la 
It's crazy. And I've been there recently. And Andy, let me tell you, it's uh, you can see point A to point B and it takes you 30 minutes to get to point B. It's, it's getting that crazy in Nashville. Yeah, it's fun. I was actually in Nashville uh, this summer. I did uh, a little sort of horror thriller movie up there. Ah. And I never really spent I had never spent much time there, but it was uh, we were in I was in town for a day and it was great. I loved it. Um, traffic traffic is coming. Our traffic is there, I guess. I wonder if you were at my, at my old house. You could have been there if you're in the woods. I'm usually in the woods ah. mostly spending most of my time a, in a doghouse or woods either way. You know. <laughs> Andy Buckley, uh, <laughs> incredible actor, uh, and uh, he is driving through California. I get most of my guests driving, and uh, and it's a trip, and it's raining there right now, and it's Friday. And it was there, so Nashville, so so this, uh, so yes, so it was called All Light Will End, and uh, it was a whole group of Nashville people there. They make movies there. Yeah. The uh, Chris Blake Johnson, Blake Johnson's the guy that wrote and directed. They yes. made uh, they made a couple of them, but there's a guy. One of the producers of the movie is a guy named Dave Moody, who uh, was was uh, the Moody Brothers. I think they were. Oh yeah, were, yeah. You know, the Moody yeah. the Moody Brothers or the Moody Blues, the band. Not the Moody Blues. No, not the Moody Blues. Right, the okay. Moody Brothers. I know it's funny. They played Euro Disney forever and ever and ever. They were like the big band there. But uh, I had some old rodeo buddies that were uh did the the western show out in uh in euro disney this is i, I like i'm i'm coming up with things i love that <laughs> well this is what happens this is what happens when you're driving you know, traffic you got to make stuff up yeah an old uh, rodeo uh an actor buddy of mine who was like a junior rodeo champ named uh barry tubb one of my west texas buddies uh which was kind of uh, there you go we're jumping right into it my first introduction to uh, great Texas music um, before I branched out of Texas and found Mr. Steve Azar. Well, you know, um, you know, Mississippi is where it all began, and I have a lot of Texas friends that are incredible singer-songwriters. Uh, made records on some of them. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that, but, uh, but I tell them, I tell them, you know, you guys know that the beginning of it all happened here. Seriously, I even did, to show you the connection, Albert King and Stevie Ray Vaughan were really close before Stevie passed. And I, I did yeah. Stevie Ray's tribute at the Delta Blues Festival. He had played twice, one one when he was on his way up and two when he is at his peak. And uh, down, here in, down here in the Delta, when I was a kid, and they asked me to do his tribute. So I had Albert King to my left, and I had Son Thomas, the legendary blues uh, uh, artist from Leland, Mississippi, uh, on stage with me. And it was moving, to say the least, to do his tribute. You know, So I'm a fan of Texas, Texas music in general, but uh, I always give them a little grief and say that, uh, you guys, you know your second fiddle. So continue on. I, had oh, to, you know, I have to fight for Mississippi. They're trying. Yeah, yeah, they're trying. You know. Yeah, no, no, I know. So, so you've gotten to be friends and with the, these guys, right? It was so Yeah, it was. Uh, so, and this, I mean, literally, this is going back twenty-five years. And uh, so, Barry was an actor. He was. Uh, that's that's how I started meeting all these guys. Uh, so he's from a little town called Snyder, Texas. But it was uh, he was in Top Gun, and he was in Lonesome Dove, and he was in a bunch of things. So in the biggest, but he's a huge fan of uh, of music, not a musician. Right. But so he was buddies with Joe Ely, who you remind I me. Lo- of. I love Joe you, Ely. Maybe you've heard. Yeah, I love I'm sure Joe. You've Ely. heard that. Oh, yeah, that's a compliment for sure. Um, a lot of those Terry Allen and all those West yeah. Texas guys, and then. Uh, and uh, so anyway, that was, I, I don't even know how we started there, but that was my introduction to it. And I realized how much I, uh, A, love music and then uh, just 
musicians in general are just tend to be great, great people. Oh no, I know, I love it, and so we we obviously want to be everything we're not. And so fans of what you do and, and, and the roles you play and obviously your golf game and your athletics, I want to go back now since we've – let's go back from Mississippi to Texas. We're L.A. Now we're going to go back to home. You, you, were, you, were born in, right. you weren't born in rich, witchcraft town, were you? Uh, that's where I was born and raised uh, right around there, old Salem, Mass. Um, my, my dad was a warlock. My mom was a witch. And, uh, no, but yeah, I was born there. Spent some time, uh, in the Midwest growing up outside of St. Louis and Chicago. High school, we were down in South Florida, which was, uh, kind of the advantage that I had golf-wise. I could, in high school, I could golf year-round. It was fine. I, I have, uh, have an older brother who was, uh, this is one of the reasons we actually moved down there. Yeah, I was about to ask you what got you moving so much. You know, it was my dad couldn't keep a job. No, he uh, no, he got transferred <laughs> uh, company from uh, Boston to St. Louis, and then after a few years, he kind of went out on his own. So as he was like had his own business, he was like, well, let's move to Florida because he and my mother love the warm weather, and it was good for me and golf. And and my older brother was uh, was actually quite a quite a good athlete, and specifically a quarterback, and. Uh, and his whole logic was, you know, you're not going to play against the best competition, you know, up up in Boston. If you really want to try and do something, we should move to either California, you know, Texas or Florida. Right. So we ended up in Florida. Mississippi, actually. But that's up, all right. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm well, serious, or, or there, you know, yeah. old, old Miss. There we go. No, we're going to get, uh, we're going to start, we're going to start uh, comparing size in a minute. But go ahead. All right. So what, what, uh, tell me real so quick. He up, so uh, where did he so play? It all panned out and it was good. And he, he was a quarterback. He played at Stanford. He, wow. he started about 15 games. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, and played with, you know, a lot of guys that ended up in the NFL. And, and, and I, so I had, it's kind of funny. I had one good, uh, really, like one very good summer, which is the key summer in golf between junior and senior year. Correct. Uh, and the, it, there weren't that many as there are now. There's so many great young golfers. There just weren't as many. And so I had one big, you know, one big summer. I actually qualified for the U.S. Amateur. There were like four of us in high school that year that did. And Unbelievable. that kind of put me on the map. And then, uh, and then I, so that got, that helped basically get me into Stanford and, uh, which is where I went. And then I kind of went back to being just another average, average junior golfer, uh, much to the coach's, uh, chagrin, I guess. That, this is amazing. So your brother started at quarterback at Stanford. You know, my dad and bro- brother, who's the Memphis Grizzlies orthopedic surgeon, he's a, a chief of staff in Memphis. He went to Notre Dame. My dad went to Notre Dame. And of course, Stanford is just, man. Just a, I love that game. I think that game's becoming a bigger rivalry to me than USC Notre Dame, and uh, I just yeah, love. It really is, isn't it? Well, the Stanford football. T- I, I mean, I, first of all, my fa- he he's got to be one of my favorite coaches ever. The Stanford's football coach. I I love him. I love how he handles his kids. Um, he he demands respect. Seems like a good guy. You know, amazing. Yeah, really. Yeah, they, yeah, it's a you know, it, it's it's kind of always always been like that. Uh, I'm Steve Azar. We're with the fabulous Andy Buckley, incredible actor. Uh, You know him from all sorts of roles, but he's driving through California. You're in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. We'll be right back. I'm one in a million. I'm a lucky guy. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Steve Azar, on Facebook.com Steve Azar Live, and listen to all my music, Steve Azar and Steve Azar and the King's Men, wherever you download or stream. Only when the moon is blue. What is your name? 
What is it? Super Talk Mississippi, number one in the Magnolia State for news, weather, sports, and talk that matters to you. Don't you forget it. Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and supertalk.fm. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Azar. I'm back with Andy Buckley. My God, he what what Uh-oh. what an actor. And he's driving through California and uh, we've been talking about his brother right now. And your brother's first name played for Stanford and and was a Fred, player. Yeah. What was his Fred? Yeah. Uh Fred, yeah. My so brother my was, brother's uh, name my brother's name is Fred as well. You know, our parents they wanted me to kidding me. Yes, Fred Azar, Fred uh, Buckley, Fred the same thing. And he's on is is, is he I know, I know. He's affiliated with St. Jude, also, right? He is on the board of St. Jude, and uh, That's what I thought you, I thought you said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A national committee or board, something, something pretty heavy. He's a great doctor. He did all of his uh, fellowship stuff under Dr. Andrews, and uh, he's uh, he's he was president of Orthopedic Association of America. I think I, I talked about this on my last show, but he deserves it. He worked hard for it, and uh, he's another Fred. Must be in the must be in the four letter word, you know. Mm-hmm. Must be in the four like the Freds of uh, the Freds of America. Exactly, know, exactly. All right. So wait a minute. So now, now, now I'm jumping. Okay. So your dad, and mom, you're the, you're talking about two Division One athletes, really highly recruited. Wow. You, I mean, what about your mom and dad? I always love to see the, see where it came from, uh, the genetic yeah. part of it, and and just the makeup, and obviously their ability, and and also their their concern and care to help nurture your talents at that age. I love that. My parents were like that to me. And a lot of parents aren't, you know, especially in the world of athletics or entertainment. They, you know, a lot of parents think it's almost a pipe dream to really take it all the way. And so I love that. So tell me about your folks. Well, he so it's interesting. So they were high school sweethearts. So my, my dad played basketball at uh, Penn. Now we're talking. And um, and they had uh, and they had my older brother during uh, his sophomore year. So uh, must have been after a, after a game. And, was it after a game? Like a, they won. He had a game winning shot. No. And uh, yeah. that could, hey, that could have been it. I don't yeah, know. I know. Let's, I uh, something's got a spark. Know, like like. Like most, you know, uh, Irish Catholic families, we yes. didn't talk about uh, anything like that uh, <laughs> from Boston. So he—that's what he was and did. And, and so then my mom, uh, you know, came out to moved out to Philadelphia, and and uh, and they were, you know, they got married, and they were, you know, which is so crazy to think of it. Like I'm sure uh, any so younger people listening now think, what the notion of being a junior in college and you have a child and you're right. married? What? It's not uh, not today's norm but uh one a couple of things um in high school his uh best buddy was a guy named danny murphy and this they graduated in 1960 and danny murphy was the number one uh baseball major league baseball pick that year coming out of high school and um like of all you know uh, like the number one guy and uh like graduation day, he for high school he wasn't at graduation because it was by the Cubs. He was like playing center field for the Cubs, and he ended up not, you know, panning out and uh, you know to did, be the number I, one I guy. That just shows you, you know, to be, was, you're talking about the number one guy, and not and yeah. not quite getting it done. You know, I, I, we're good friends with Reggie Smith, and I interviewed Reggie as well. And just, just his yeah. career was amazing. And what separates? Yeah. It's almost like the PGA Tour, right? I mean, it's that little thing that separates, 
I mean, it's almost like you could be in the. I mean, like, what happens if Tom Brady is is in Cleveland his whole time? You know what I mean? And Belichick's not there. Like, yeah, uh, we don't yeah, know, Jim right? Plunkett was, uh, you know, or what? Like uh, the da- like the Manning's dad there, Archie Manning. You know, he right. was he was the big stud, and then uh, got stuck. Uh, where was he? Was he at the Saints? I guess. Uh, Wherever he was, yeah, he was oh yeah, stuck getting banged up, and then didn't have a career, and uh, you know, like didn't have the career his kids had. Well, probably had all the same talent. Jim Plunkett, another guy like that, right. stuck with the Patriots, and ended up with the uh, uh, the Raiders. Now, 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 I got to fight a little bit for Archie right. because I'll lose my radio show. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so Archie. Uh, actually, just he just got the heck beat out of him. I mean, and he stayed right. no, he stayed on saying. that yeah, team. Like he didn't have the team, yeah. Yeah, and we were big fans of the Saints, and big because that's that was our team. You know, it was uh, we we'd go to games, and my my mom went to college there for a little bit. My mom was studying. My, actually, my mom wanted to be a nun, but she wanted to have kids, and so obviously there was a little bit of uh, you know, a little issue yeah. there. A little, you know, <laughs> didn't couldn't work out, especially in those days. But she was in in Nola. And my brother, you know, my my brother, New Orleans was like, it was like our second home. Uh, we just right. we went there a lot and growing up. So Archie Is that was. Where he went? Amazing. Did he go to med school there? He Tulane, did. Or? He went to Tulane. Yeah, he went yeah. to Tulane. And my brother-in-laws both went to Tulane Med School. They're married to my sisters, and they're they're out in Atlanta and and Seattle. And I'm I'm the lone mutt. You know, it's it's uh, I chose to be uh, to be a guy that liked to uh, write words down. You know, it's a little a little strange, but uh, you know, I think my parents were actually more excited about me being a musician than they were being a doctor or marrying doctors and it was odd but uh they they just always dug it and they always felt like it was it for me you know what i mean you're you know it's, it's an amazing thing to look back at your mom and dad truly getting who you were and pushing you rather yeah. than pulling you you know away and uh so it sounds like your mom your mom and dad got it and your dad was young right yeah you had young he, parents they were both young they were they were both uh you know guys they were, gosh, they were, uh, I mean, they were 20 when they had uh, Fred, and then they were 23 when they had me. Yeah. You know, so, it's, and he's done with school, and he's trying to figure out, how, how am I going to, but this guy, Danny Murphy, like, where what he saw, like, he went over, to, I remember he would tell these stories, like, I remember, I would, you know, I went over to Danny's house when we were freshmen, and, you know, we, we were going to have dinner, and his dad said, hey, 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 wait a second, you haven't swung your bat yet. And he was one of those, uh, yeah. uh, you know, dads that insisted. Marinovich. Um, like Marinovich, but, you know, not to that extreme, but those days, the equivalent of, I'm sure, yeah. And, like, right. he'd have to swing his lead baseball bat, you know, a hundred times before he could eat dinner. And wow. he had to jump rope with uh, with old ankle weights on, you know, like yeah. ankle weights and a weighted yeah. jacket and all that stuff. And so my dad saw all that, you know, so that was something that we he had us starting to do. Like, And I played a little... No, you were yeah, an athlete. Uh, yeah, you you were a hooper. You had to have the hoops in your blood. And first of all, I'm getting tired right now. By the way, hearing all this, 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 and yeah. and, I, and I worked out hard growing up. I really did. And I, I figured out a 15 minute workout that I can actually do in the shower. As bizarre as that is, I call it shower and power. And uh, it's got to be worth the fortune, but I'm never going to let – that's really – I've told too much information. But I've learned how to work out in a bus, the back of my tour bus or in a hotel room, anywhere, any place where you're just sort of using dynamic tension. So all of the – any you put anything on me, you know, or around me, then it, it may go it may go a little sideways. <laughs> well, you know, that's uh... – 15 minutes is a lot these days. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> it sure is. Uh, hey, so, I, I mean, can, I can str- str- 
stretch for about eight. That's about it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. I love that. So you were because I love finding out what makes you. So I always tell my guests, I believe that when you have this athletic background and a musical background, I think they're just so the two things are so important because of failure and learning to accept failure in our world and especially in our world, because you have to develop this tough skin of being told you're bad or being told no. The record label that finally gave me my opportunity to have my first hits had turned me down 10 times by the time they said yes. So either I was just really hard headed or I just believed, you know, you know, there's false rays of hope as you go along. You look back and they, they weren't really, you would have turned around and gone the other way if you didn't feel like it was hope. But it turned out to be hope. It turned out to be not what got you there, but it it held you on long enough that you did something else to get you there. It's just weird. Yeah, right. And I and I and I want to spend the whole next segment. We're not there yet, but I do want to spend the whole next segment. I love the story of how you landed the role of David Wallace on The Office. Yeah, that was. But it's it's a long one. Yeah, no, no. Well, well, they're lucky. You know, the way I look at it is that 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 role couldn't have been played by anybody else. It wouldn't have been as effective. And as I've gotten to know you a little bit over the last year, I feel like, well, it's all you're doing is playing yourself. You know, we're blessed to have Morgan Freeman down here in Charleston, Mississippi, and spend time with him here and there. And and, and it's awesome. And and he's to me, he's bigger than the roles that he plays. He sort of the roles become him. Now he's an incredible actor. We know that, and incredible. Yeah, but but I feel like that role belonged to you, you know. And I told Richard Carn, I felt like that Al belonged to him, even though it was a blessing and a wild way he got it. I just feel like you know our plans are not. You can't just put them down on paper and expect it all to work out. That things are heading yeah. your way and are going to work out the way they work out. So, uh, there's my soap. There's my son. That is my discussion and my my pep talk for the day that I give my Thank kids. You, sir. Here's what I have to ask you before we go to the next break and we talk about all that. All right. The, we are the birthplace of American music. So I, you and I have already discussed this, and, I, and I've yeah. sunk that in your yeah. head. Are you agreeing with me now? You good? I'm agreeing with you, baby. I love it. All right. You know. Yeah. So tell me, uh, you're going to play DJ and take us into the break. Do you want to hear a little Hamilton, Joe Frank, and Reynolds? And the reason that's Mississippi is Joe Frank Corolla grew up about 10 miles from me in Leland, Mississippi, home of Jim Henson Henson and the Muppets. Or do you want to hear Mickey Gilly, who grew up in Mississippi, in Natchez, I believe. So Mickey Gilly or Hamilton, Joe Frank, and Reynolds? I would go with Hamilton Reynolds uh, because... and Joe Frank, you want to include I know, him? I probably, I probably know a little more Mickey Gilly than I know Hamilton Joe Reynolds, so let's go with Joe Hamilton. Boy, you love out on me, baby. Hamilton Joe Frank and Reynolds, you've got to know that baby, baby, falling in love. I'm falling in love I'm again. Falling in love again. Come on. That's what Only we're going to do. We're with the All wild right. child, Andy Buckley. Uh, actor, incredible entertainer, uh, heck of a golfer, heck of a great guy. You're in the Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. We'll be right back. Baby, baby, falling in love. I'm falling in love again. Baby, baby, falling in love. I'm falling in The Super Talk app. 
Pop it in. Pop it in. And turn it on. Listen to your favorite shows anytime you darn well please. The Super Talk app. It's free. Download the Super Talk app now. 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 In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Azar. We are in the car. You're in the car. We're all in the car with Andy Buckley, actor. And we're going to discuss The Office on how he landed that role. Uh, How he became the CFO and then the CEO. You're right, as we watch the show, you become the CEO, correct? Yeah. CFO, then I got canned, and then I right. come back as, as actually CEO and owner because I uh, was able to sell the Suck It, the ridiculous invention, yeah. uh, for 30 million bucks, and then I bought the company back thanks to Andrew Bernard, aka at home. Huh. Southern well, boy at home. Uh, so, so let's talk about let's talk about how you because I want to know that when you tell our listeners this story of how you landed the role. Uh, then I'll, I want to make sure that it's the same story because I remember this like I could tell it, but I want you to tell it. So I finished college and, uh, you know, say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act and uh, had done plays there and all that stuff and uh, moved to New York, studied acting, moved out to L.A. and uh, was trying to get parts in the 90s and had, uh, uh, you know, very, very, very little success for uh, over the course of about eight years. And my wife, who was not my wife at the time, but uh, is now, and still my wife, said, Buckley, you gotta, you got to come up with something else, because I was sort of working these odd jobs, okay, you know, and trying to get parts, but I, I wasn't particularly motivated, and uh, so anyway, jumping ahead, uh, I ended up getting a job at, uh, at Merrill Lynch uh, in 2001 as, a, as an advisor, and uh, they, the guy, they were great, the guy that hired me, Dick Valentine. If you're listening, Dick, thank you, sir. I uh, was just a magnificent guy and, and said, oh, this kid doesn't know anything. And, and I didn't know anything. He said, but he's, you know, nice and personable and seems trustworthy. And, uh, you know, I was a good, uh, you know, was a good golfer, which uh, he needed a, a golfing partner for the uh, inner office matches. So I think that's right. really why I was hired. And uh, so that was it. So I, I started there and answered phones and, you know, sat and for learn the whole process of that and how to do that for a couple of years and, and luckily you know had enough clients that they uh, that they didn't fire me and uh during that time with my wife and i got uh, engaged and married and had our first son benny and uh who's a sax player by the way which oh, is really I fun i love it we're gonna get him to jam with us for sure it's uh it's really fun. like he i think he's musical some of my uh we got a couple of buddies of ours uh who are musicians they uh like yeah benny's musical They're like he's picking up the trumpet and stuff like that but I anyway so we we had done that, and then um, I ran into uh, a woman named Allison Jones, my my patron saint, who's also from Boston, and she's a big casting director out here. She uh, casts you know The Office, but casts a ton of comedies, and she had tried to hire me uh, uh, you know during the years I was. It was actually one of the few people that did hire me during the years I was trying in the '90s, and uh, so anyway, I bump into her on on uh, the little you know, local street that has the pizza place and the coffee place and all that. And like, what are you doing, Buckley? And like, ah, oh, you know, we're married. We get, we got a son. I'm, I'm working at Merrill Lynch. I, I haven't really done any acting in like four or five years. And she's like, well, wow. Well, that's, well, would you ever want to do something? And I said, well, yeah. I mean, I guess, it, yeah, it'd be fun <laughs> if it was, you know, in town. And she said, well, give me your card just in case. And this was in October of uh, October of 2004. Right. 
I know. No, I'm sorry. October of 2005, because Benny had just been born. And uh, and she called me four months later. Like, it wasn't like she had something in her mind for that week. She called me four months later and said, Buckley, I think you should come audition for this. You, I think they'll like that you're like a finance guy. And, you know, uh, so come come on. There's a couple scenes with Steve on The Office. It was the first, or no, it was the second season. Now, and here's like the, like sort of the life lesson is, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I had, I had sort of changed my life where like I had some semblance of like a legitimate life, you know, wife, a kid and a, a, like a business that yeah. I actually really enjoyed. I really enjoyed being at Merrill Lynch and, and all that. And, uh, and the kicker also was, uh, my wife is, is an acting teacher, an acting coach just started her class about six months before she's been teaching privately people for auditions and mm-hmm. if they were doing shows but uh so she had started uh her class and yeah, it was one of those things like she had seven people in the class and i said hey i'll you know why don't i do it i'll be the eighth and you can have you know four scenes with two people you know like it rekindled my love of acting and all that stuff so when i went into auditions uh i was just in, I, you know i was just excited about the two scenes that I was doing and about the acting and, and just that process, which is what really got me into it to love it in the first place when I was a kid. You know, I, I wasn't some desperate actor like I had been basically 95, 99% of the time before, you know, walking in the room, needing a job or thinking I'm going to get a job. And of course that never goes well. And, um, well, it's not do or die now. It's, you're probably comfortable. It's not do or die, right? Clients. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. And, and so it was great. They hired me, and uh, they said, all right, hey, they're, they're going to hire She called me the next day. Hey, they're hiring you. They're going to give you glasses, and they'll gray your hair just a little because, you know, you're, uh, yeah, you got dark they want to make you look a little Wait, wait. Give you a little older. i got to stop here. So how do you feel at yep. this point? I was uh, excited to do it, but I, it was funny. I was more just excited to get to act. Yeah, so and, you loved uh, it. You know, it was like I had a couple of scenes with Steve Carell, and I was a fan of the show, and yeah. um, a couple of the people, you know, Steve and a couple of the other people that I now see you uh, that day on the set in January of, you know, 2006, yeah. they're like, so now you're you're a financial guy? You're a real financial guy? And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, and I I, I downplayed that. Uh, I mean, it, it was, I didn't want, you know, I don't want anybody thinking I was like hunting around for clients or anything. I, <laughs> I wanted them to just think of me as Wallace and keep writing for me. Um, but so that was it. It was just one great day. And then I got to, I went back to, uh, you know, went back to work and 365 days later, basically, you know, Allison calls me and says, Hey, you're, they got you in an episode in a couple of weeks and you have a really big part. You're having a party at your house. And JJ Abrams is directing that episode. And it was like, Holy smokes. Well, wait, wait, wait. Um, I, I think you're talking a year later, right? This is literally a full year later. So, I, I mean, I did, I did the one day. And it was great, and it aired, and it was cool, and like a little novelty, and right. and it was fun, and a couple, you know, older guys in the office, like, hey, did I, did I see you on television last night, Buckley? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but then, yeah, a full year later, in uh, January of 07, it's, you know, Allison calls, and, and she says, this part, and you got a big episode, and you've got scenes with everybody, everybody's at your house, and it's, that, was, that was season three, that's the, the season finale, which was a big one-hour finale. I had a gigantic part where I'm, you know, I'm interviewing everybody. Steve comes in for a job in corporate, and I interview him and John and John Krasinski, and you know, it's a whole thing. And um, you know, Rashida, and and I, and we end up hiring, uh, you know, uh, spoiler alert for nobody who's seen it, we end up hiring B.J. Novak, the temp. I think everybody's so funny, seen that it. Was the, 
everybody's probably, you know, anybody listening probably seen it. <laughs> uh, or else they've turned it off a while ago saying, yeah, like, what are these guys um, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But, uh, no, so so I kind of thought, wow, I'm going to be on the show a lot because that was the you know, big finale, season three. And then I, I did some episodes in season four, but that was when the big, uh, that was when the big writer strike happened, uh, starting in the fall of 2007, which went all the way through the spring of 2008. Um, so luckily, I was still at Merrill Lynch, which I stay. I stayed at Merrill Lynch all through 2012, um, actually. So pretty much through the whole run of the office. So they started using me a lot after the writers' strike ended. So that would have been in the fall of 2008. We started airing a lot of shows. So mm-hmm. for the next like. You know, three years I, I I was on it all the time, and they, uh, you know, I do and like they, ten or twelve. Uh, well, I know the next couple, then they'd refer to me a lot. So I, then I got opportunities to be in, um, you know, in movies and try to get on other shows and all that. Stuff. So you're not working. And, at, uh, first of all, when they refer to you, do you get paid if they refer to you? Sadly, no. Oh. And then movie wise, what about movie wise? So you're done being a. I mean, you you've had to step away from your day job. Right, and, and but, but that's the crazy thing. No, I, I didn't. So I was still there. I just took on a couple of partners uh, who were, you know, friends of mine and older guys who um, had been doing it a long double time. Dipping. And, uh, like double dipping. I like it. I like double dipping. Well, I was like, hey, fellas, just, you know, I got a shot out of here. I could maybe turn this into something. <laughs> you know, can we yeah. uh, partner up and you guys look after things and I'll be in the office as much as I can. And it's I mean, and, and, and I was there a lot. It was kind of, it became kind of crazy. I got to be in the, uh, so two movies during that time. One was uh, a really lovely movie with Josh Duhamel and Katherine Heigl called Life As We Know It. Yeah, I've... And that one I just worked a, a few days. But then the big one, I got to be in The Other Guys with Will Ferrell and Wahlberg right. and Michael Keaton and right. all these people. And it was uh, that was kind of crazy because uh, so they filmed that in New York and I was there for about three weeks. And But I really only worked about two days a week of those three weeks. So the other three days of the week, I'd go into a Merrill Lynch office in uh, Midtown, Get there was one in Rockefeller Center, and I'd like find an empty desk, you know, and just call yeah. clients and do work from there, and and then you know the next day I'm back getting to be on the set with the movie stars and all that. It was crazy. Did the, did, know, does the I'm, work come easier once you, once everybody knows it's you, or does it get more difficult because people think, oh, he's just doing this on the side because he's really not a fan, finance guy. He's actually an actor. <laughs> did it reverse you? Did it reverse well, on you? <laughs> You know, it's funny. I wouldn't, you know, look, I didn't, I mean, I had some friends, uh, clients who knew, and then some other, you know, younger clients who knew, but it wasn't like I would, you know, bring it up or tell people about it. And it, it never, like, I never got any clients from it, nor did I did really lose, lose any clients right. from it. It was just sort of a... What a great story. Just sort of like a side thing. And um, and, and it was funny because it was, I really kind of had to keep doing it because I was never a regular on the office. <laughs> right. It was, uh, I was uh, you know, and so... You know, I got a wife. I got a, at this point, uh, our second son was on the way, and uh, so uh, are uh, going to be born soon. And uh, yeah. so I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta keep this job just in case things don't work out. Right. <laughs> well, um, it's, well, it's worked out tremendously. Uh, I'm Steve right. Azar. We're with the fabulous Andy Buckley, incredible actor. Uh, you know him from all sorts of roles. <laughs> but he's driving through California. You're in a Mississippi minute. All sixty of them. We'll be right back. Talk.
Talk Mississippi on your radio, your computer, and on your smart device. I just kind of stream it online. Yeah, online. Listen online every day. Listen live at supertalk.fm and download the Supertalk app to take Mississippi's best talk with you wherever you go. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Supertalk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. You are in a Mississippi Minute. We are with an incredible guy, really super guy, and uh, always makes you feel good to be around him, Andy Buckley. He has just given us his synopsis and rundown of a pretty amazing Cliff Notes version of how he got the role of David Wallace in the office. And uh, and I have some questions now for you, Andy, as you're dri- as, excuse me, uh-huh. as you're parked down the street from your house and you can't go home because yeah. we have to finish this interview. We're not far away um, and you can get there and eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich once once you get there. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, my, it's my wife is fine. She's uh so she I think she's got uh, Channing Tatum over at the house now. So oh. she's yeah. supposedly yeah. coaching him. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'll just you know leave it at that yeah yeah but, uh, <laughs> okay so so let's i want to talk to you about this because we have a lot of separate degree yep. one degrees of separation as you go and whip up on chanting in a minute your first music video only music video who'd you do it with who were you with tell me uh we actually did two of them with the wonderful reba mcintyre okay let's talk about it because reba's recorded one of my songs and uh called big oh. blue sky and actually the night that the night that my music video for sunshine went number one she was the guest vj so she got to proclaim that and also she's just a great girl i've done a bunch of shows with her and i just love her man i'm just i'm a fan of her as a human being and obviously as an artist but just uh i love it and you you acted in one of her videos she was so fantastic. Yeah, that was such a, a fluke-lucky thing. So that was during the 90s when I, you know, had gotten a few parts. And and uh, I don't know exactly what it was. There was there was a Baywatch sort of, uh, you know, you could call it a Baywatch imitation show or whatever, a similar show, Cops on Bikes called Pacific Blue, which is how I know Paula Tricky. Which That's is how we, Paula which is, show. right, Paula was one of the that's chicks on the bike. That's right. She was like, you know, one of the stars of it, and I, I just did a couple episodes as the main guy's brother. But anyway, so it was around that time, and somehow my uh, my agent at the time was friends with either the people in Nashville who were doing the music video uh. or something, and it was one of those things where like a, a, a like a big name guy was going to do this one video, and uh, which was a rather ride around with you, which was the first one we filmed, and uh, and this guy, yeah, whoever it was, some big actor, he was like, man, but I want to direct, I'm I want to direct the thing, if I'm going to be in, I want to direct it, and then the people in Reba or the production company said, no, 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 we can't do that. So then they were sort of scrambling about a week before, and uh, somehow I was suggested. It's really sort of an odd fluke, and Reba said, you know, great, uh, which was, you know, super sweet of her. Trey, you ever run across Trey Fanjoy? Of course. She was the... Of course, I know Trey. the director. Yeah, she's incredible. Um, she's great. And uh, so they made the first one, so Rather Ride Around With You, and I was like her buddy, and we did it in Jekyll Island uh, and up in, uh, I don't know if that's northern Florida or Georgia, I think it's Florida. Right. But it's beautiful regardless. So we did that, and it was just, I got to be there for four days, and they just treated me magnificently, and she's just the greatest, and it was so fun. Like, I would I would literally, whenever I wasn't around, you know, like, they didn't need me, and she it was the singing part of the uh, the video, 
I would hang around because, like, you know, you get to hear Reba McIntyre sing a song. Like, it's no, awesome. oh, it's it an, awesome. It's incredible. And let me tell you, my how she recorded one of my songs was. It was it was a, a a song that I'd written for my second record on Universal, and uh, and they all said, "Nah, we don't hear it." Well, she's walking down the hall, and she tells me the story. She's walking down the hall, and she hears it when the guys are playing it, the promotion staff, right, or whoever. And she goes, yeah. "Oh, I want I want that copy of that song." Well, this is like a year year before, right? Year and a half, two years later, I've left Universal a year and a half later to do my own thing, and so I get I find out from the label that she's recording it, and they go, "Man, why didn't you play this for us?" And I went, "Are you freaking kidding me?" It was a one I walked <laughs> into to play. I just love it, you know. But anyway, she said that she had taken it and become a fan of it, I guess. And she said that when she went on a trip with her family to Yosemite, she came back and she used my song Big Blue Sky as the bed of music behind all the videos and the pictures of her family on this trip. And so it was sort of the theme song. And she goes, I want to record that one day. And she did. And it was uh, it was good. So I, I've always, uh, I love Reba. Ah, uh, you musicians, you songwriters, they're just, I, I love all you guys. They ended up, <laughs> deciding they were going to re-release a different single first called What If It's You, a ballad. Right. And Reba was great. She, she's like, well, let's get Andy again. Let's get him for the next video. So, like, two weeks later, they, like we went and did the same place, same everything. And uh, and then she was super nice. She hired me. There was a movie of the week she did with Tim Matheson and Bess Armstrong many years ago. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but she something happened. She's in a coma, and 20 years later, she wakes up and but like she, you know, it was great. She hired me to be like a, a, a buddy of uh, Tim Matheson for I the first it. twenty minutes of that. She, she was like, she couldn't be sweeter and nicer, and you know, that's how she, she is. Ain't a bad, she ain't a bad singer. No man, she's incredible. Well, yeah, I'm, I've always been a fan of just how, like I said, of the person she is and the person that you are. And I'm gonna let you go. Uh, it's uh, Meatless Friday. I'm gonna let you go eat a. Uh, some sort of cheese sandwich and uh, our peanut butter and jelly like i said earlier i really appreciate you brother being on the show i hope to have you guys in mississippi sometime maybe for the delta soul if we're lucky i and, hope to make it well look brother i appreciate you we've been with andy buckley an incredible actor you guys uh thank you for uh joining us and and riding with him in his car he's hungry he's gonna go eat you've been in a mississippi <laughs> minute all 60 of them right brother andy there we go, all 60 of them, baby. Let's go, Mississippi. 60-minute man. Thank you, Steve. Okay, brother. Thanks. I'll see you soon. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.